Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team. Hi, it's episode 31, season 5 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, my co-host John Steggles. Hello, hello. And back for the first time this season, um, host of the wonderful ON The Spurs podcast, Richard Cracknell, a.k.a. Crackers. Hello, afternoon, evening, morning, whenever you listen to this pod. Hello. Hi. <laughs> right. Um, we've got a lot to get, let, get through. Let's begin with yesterday. Um, Crackers, if I come to you first, um, you're at the game. Um, I was, yeah. First, first time at the new stadium? No, second time, uh, I was supposed to have gone to the Palace game as well, but I was in the Canary Islands and the weather was so good, I, I was supposed <laughs> to be home on a Saturday. Stayed till the Wednesday and gave me a ticket to me dad, don't tell Tottenham. <laughs> 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 I love Spurs, but I love the sun more. <laughs> Fair enough. And not just Hooming's son either. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Ta-da. Um, yesterday. So, yeah, sec- second time. What a place! Yeah, what yeah. a place! Wow, wow, wow! But, but before we dive into the into the game, um, whereabouts were you sat? Which which stand? Uh, I was in the north north upper, both uh, for uh, for both for both games. So right opposite the uh, the south stand, the white wall, or whatever we're gonna settle on calling it. And um, yeah incredible absolutely incredible i was uh like i've been saying on social media the last few days i didn't think enoch would lay one brick of that stadium i honestly thought they'd get by the land up get some planning permission and then hand it over to somebody else that had the ambition but i tell you what they've taken that and shoved it right down my throat because not only have they built a new stadium they have built well they haven't built a new stadium actually they've built an incredible incredible home it is it's just it, it's one of those things i think you have to go to it because you just can't quite put it into words it is that good it just how can something that new feel like home so quickly it looks like the lane it feels like the lane it's the lane on steroids Absolutely. it's just the, it is it's the lane times a, a million it's just and i love the lane as well you know me i do the legends nights love a bit of nostalgia uh you know some incredible memories at the lane Go, first game with me dad and taking me boys and kids to their first games but this place is just off the scale. It is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And, and there's going to be new memories created in this stadium going forward. And um, it's, you know what, it ticks a lot of boxes. Um, it's home. Oh. It's home. It's a fantastic stadium. It's a huge stadium. It's close to the pitch. Um, you and I could describe it um, for all day, but and, like you say, until you go there and experience it, you, you can't fully appreciate it. Um, even things like the 
the match they experience afterwards, both well, both beforehand and afterwards, the, the concepts of people staying in a football stadium after a game, that, that's alien. You see it in rugby um, a few years ago. I'm not a big rugby fan. A few years ago, I went to Twickenham um, for a uh, Six Nations game, and, and that was, it was very much the culture there. There was like a band in the concourse afterwards, and people, people were there. It's not something you normally associate with football. Um, and even when it was talked about with respect to the new stadium, I think a lot of people were like, "Well, you know, we're, we're going to go, we're going to stick to our old routines. It's just good to be back in the area. We're going to go to the the, the Bell and Hare or, or, or the Brickies or whatever it might be." Um, but it's amazing the number of people that are just staying behind after the game and the atmosphere in the concourse afterwards. Um, it, it's, it is. It's 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 brilliant, and and that's like you say, that's difficult to do because trying to get create you creating an atmosphere football's very very different and spurs are very much like that you can't uh, i mean we ridiculed arsenal a few seasons ago with that sing along a hybrid and had all their song sheets and everything and and football is a real dinosaur thankfully like that of not being able to create atmospheres think songs and that should always be um, quite organic, you know. They start in pubs, they start behind the stands at half time, and and they grow. Um, but Spurs seem to have got that just right with, uh, with with creating that sort of atmosphere within a stadium to go and have a drink, and that it's not overdone. It doesn't feel Americanized. It doesn't feel like you're an NFL game. It just feels right. It's mm. just I don't I don't quite know how they've done it. But they've just pitched the tone and everything of doing that, getting in there before and staying after just right as well. So whoever they've got in deciding policy, if there is somebody, then give give that man a a, a raise because they've, they've managed to capture what a football fan wants just about right. But both of you will remember um, a famous sort of ongoing TV advert um, you know, about, about the, the, the Carlsberg one. And I put something on social media yesterday, something along the lines of, um, you know, Carlsberg, Carlsberg don't don't do stadiums, but if they did, that they'd be the best in the world, probably. Um, it's just as well that Daniel Levy does stadiums because we we have got a fantastic one, and and it's and it's it's everything and more that you could dream of. Um, Let's talk about. They, they, can I just say it seems to me the bar has been raised for any future stadium development, and it's you know they've got to try and better than what we've done and spend more. When you think Chelsea looking at redeveloping theirs, the the, the amount of money they're going to have to spend to, to build something better, any identikit stadium from now on, this point onwards, is not going to do. It's got you know people are going to have to try and outdo us, and that isn't going to be easy. It, it has been raised, and I th- and I th- and I think it's, it it will be a template for for teams going forward and in some ways that's a compliment and that's fantastic part of me also <laughs> hopes that nobody and they will at some point i hope no, nobody um betters our stadium and it, it'll be a while before somebody builds something that's that, that's that, that's the same or, or or better still um right uh palace yesterday um let's just dive into some questions from listeners straight away um Always learning. Uh, his Twitter handle is at Nate underscore HA. He says, so great so great to see Wanyama score. Are we seeing the return of the absolutely immense player who bossed the midfield alongside Moussa Dembele in 2016-17? That was obviously the final season at White Hart Lane then. Yeah. Um, an informed fit in Wanyama, it would be an immense player to have back. He took his goal 
beautifully yesterday. I think, uh, you know, uh, if uh, if we'd be waxing lyrical about it, if it was Ali or Kane who put that away, he's got great feet for a big man. Um, I think it's a bit early to say he's back to his best. Um, but I think with five games to go, how many will he start? And he might have a, more of an impact as we go on, especially against people like Bournemouth and Brighton. I don't know if he'll start on Wednesday, mm. but he's a handy player to have around if for when we rest players, like when we need to rest players like Winks and stuff for bigger matches. Um, good good to see him back on the pitch, though. Absolutely. Crackers? Oh, sorry, yes. Uh, it's one of those things only time... Uh, can tell really and a bit difficult to make any assumptions against Huddersfield who really were lucky to get naught yesterday to be honest um, they sort of didn't offer up much but with, as you say with, with that goal um, you know that, it doesn't matter who your opposition is that's just the player doing what the player can do and uh, like John said great feat for a big man which is a bit bit of an old cliche sounds a bit Harry Redknapp doesn't it saying that <laughs> yeah but it was it was it was you know he's, he's he sent the sent the keeper out for a strawberry one and and uh, and then it's gone like you know and he does he does look back and um bef- before he went with his injury problems he, he did look quite the player so yeah. um it, it is i mean if he starts wednesday against man city nobody's gonna be oh my like you know when yama's starting and because he, he he does he does look great so it would be good to see him Wednesday in some capacity to see uh, how well he, he has done and how well he has come back but no I, I like him player that plays with a smile on his face within within the squad as, as most do these days which is always lovely to see so uh, yeah. yeah long may it continue yeah. I'll add that Huddersfield off, uh, offered absolutely no threat yesterday they're probably one of the worst premiership teams I've ever seen yeah um, they, given the concern over the players that are picked and I think when you think that I can imagine the groans that went round when he saw Lorente, Foyth, Walker-Peters, uh, you know, players being rested. I, th- I think maybe some people feared the worst. But I think in hindsight, we can say it was right because we won and we won easily. And we've got players that are going to be fit and fresh ahead of Wednesday. Yeah. Um, the the yeah. most pleasing aspect of Wenny, other than the obvious get- him getting a goal, was the fact that he got a full run out and he got 90 minutes under his belt. Because of the few times I've seen him this season, he's not looked match fit. He's not looked sharp. Um and he got an opportunity yesterday, and yes, the op- the opposition were uh, quite away inferior, um, but he lasted the full ninety, um, yeah. and I think that 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 was his confidence good. And uh, I I don't think he'll start too many games going forward, but he will play a part. And and if you know, if somebody pulls up with an injury. Um, then you know, we, we, I think we've, we've probably got that confidence now that we can call upon him, knowing that he's played some football. Yeah, and he's he's also got a little feel for the new stadium as well, because obviously that's uh, that that is that is a factor. Although you, I don't, if you was a player, I don't suppose you could help but want to play in 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 your home stadium like that but there is also that fact you know different pitch dimensions different sizes different surroundings so he's now got that under his belt in what wasn't too challenging a game so that nothing's really going to sort of phase him coming out onto the pitch if he does appear at a, in, a, in a bigger game absolutely um quite a few changes obviously we, we 
we mentioned that and um, we talked about Wanyama. Um, I thought Foyth did well. Walker Peters too. So well. good to um, good to see them get minutes on the pitch. Um, let's talk about Mora. We've got to talk about Mora, hat trick hero. Um, at a time when Kane's injured, Son was rested yesterday. The old age question that people in the media like to, to like to bring up, or whenever Kane gets injured, is can Spurs do it? Are they a one man team, etc., etc.? And we've proved that we have got um, other players, maybe not the same caliber as Kane, but other players that can that can, that can um, step up and and. Uh, and score goals. It's, it's usually Sane. It's sometimes Delhi who, who, who chips in. Obviously, he, he was injured. Um, but Mora, hat trick hero. Um, Zoe Pearson writes question from her to Twitter handle is at Z underscore Pearson THFC. She says, "Will will this now be the time to really see the best of Lucas Mora? He's promised much throughout the season, but with no imminent return for Kane, could this be the perfect opportunity to cement his place in the team?" I think it is, yeah. I think he grabbed his chance and wrote his name to history books along with Son and Janiel Bennett there, getting that hat-trick. Um, I think if Son and Moore are up front for the rest of the season, it's going to be pace that kills a lot of teams and it's going to scare the life out of defenders with them two running at them. I think I don't think we've got any problems going forward for the rest of the season up front, really. I think those two can do a job. Definitely. There's, I, I think uh, there's also another issue when you play Mora. Um, and a team like that. I, th- I think a lot of teams can look at, Spurs will look at, uh, say, Man City, and they go, right, OK, they're going to play him, 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 like this, like that. And you've got half an idea of patterns of play and how they're going to play and the pace of the game. So when you turn a game uh, upside down and you start playing a Walker-Peters, a Foyth, Mora, uh, Lorenzo, um, others field really are not going to be able to look at any study, any videos, look at any patterns of play. It's it's very very difficult for opposition to work out what it is you're going to do, and especially and a double conundrum with that is when you play somebody like Lucas Mora. I don't think Lucas Mora knows what he's going to do either, even when he's got the ball. He's that type of player. He's just he, he's like he's like Ricky Veer incarnate. You don't know what you're gonna get. He just he drops a shoulder and he's gone. And then you think, oh, what's he gone that way for? And well, you know, he must be a nightmare to play against because he 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 just makes it up as he goes along. Mm. There's no no rhyme or reason to him uh, in a team of no rhyme and reason. When you lose somebody like Kane and Delhi. Um, so there's a real un- unpredictability about us to set up against us as well. So that could well work in our favour uh, going into the, the closing part of the season. That doesn't mean I want to see Delhi and Kane out of the team. I think we are obviously a much better side without them. But now we've just got this little something that's going to be difficult for teams to, to work us out, I think. Absolutely, yeah. 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 I think we maybe were a bit predictable with Kane up front because he's always in him him dropping deep and becoming like a more of a pivot probably changes that up for him and that's why you see him dropping deep and playing those balls through to Son. But yeah, yeah. correct. And defenders know that you know the week leading up to playing Spurs, they'll they'll finish training and they'll have an hour in the video room at their training ground 
watching what Kane does. So anybody sitting in the back knows he's going to drop there, go there, do this, do that, do this. You just you you're not not really going to be able to do that against Morris. So there's a real, as I said, the unpredictability that they've got that opposition have got to overcome with us now. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd say that Lorente did okay yesterday. Um, held the ball up well and played his part. Was that a dummy or was it a miscontrol for for Wanyama? But I thought he was unlucky not to score as well. I thought he did okay yesterday. Yeah, yeah, had a decent game. Yeah, yeah, and he always does when he comes in. I know there's just the age of social media, isn't it? It's like Cole Walker Peters comes in, like you said, fourth Lorente, and there's these people. Oh well, that's it. Like no, no chance today, and not giving these players. Any any credit at all, and Lorente every time he's come in, I think he's been decent for us. He holds the ball up. Right, if he could add a few more goals, although his goal tally is decent, but like you say yesterday, the the little control and when he hit the bar was an incredible piece of skill. He, he yeah. is he's a decent decent mm. player, and when players do things like that, that doesn't matter who the opposition is. I know it was Huddersfield yesterday, but we could have been playing Real Madrid and he'd have still been able to make that same control and and shot against them unless obviously if they had a defender closer. So that's not who you're playing. That's just the ability of the player. Um, so he's, he's got it in his locker. I, I, really, I really like him and it's difficult to have a player that decent to sit behind somebody like Kane because they know their chances are going to be so limited. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm more than happy when he comes into the side. Yeah. Yeah. Quick, quick question for you. Would you, um, I was thinking about this yesterday, so if his, Lorente's contract is up this summer, um, if it were down to you, would you give him an extra year? Uh, what age is he now? What's he, uh, well, it's not, 30, not like he's... 34, 35, something like that. Yeah, it's not like he relies on his pace anyway, does it? Um, I don't know. I, su- I suppose it really depends on if they can bring somebody in a bit younger that they like the look of, if there's money available. If not, then I, I can't see why not. I've, I've, I don't think it hurts to have an older, wiser head on the pitch and in the dressing room uh, in amongst some more youthful, youthful players. So... If there, if there really is no money available and options are limited, then, yeah, by all means, give him another year because he's done nothing wrong. He's, he's more than earned it every time he, he comes into the side. So, yeah, I'd be all for that unless, you know, some some wonder kid comes along that Pochettino really fancies and then it's making room on the wage, wage bill for them, isn't it? The thing is, if you get somebody... The, the, Strikers need an ego. They need to. They need to be selfish and headstrong and and, and want to go out all for goals. If you're going to buy a young player to come in and sit behind Kane, he's going to get annoyed at not having game time because Kane's going to play week in week out if he's fit. If you get somebody who's proven, he's going to want to play. If you get an older head like Lorente, who's who's happy to 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 fill his role when he comes on, I'm fine with that. I keep him on. And I also think, like you said, he's good for the youngers. Um, if you look at um, Walker Peters and Foyth, they've got Jan and Toby to learn from. Um, and they've yes. got, you know, and, and that's important. I think Walker Peters needs to get some more game time. And I think we'll move Aurier on and play him more, perhaps going forward. I'd like to see that. I mean, w- the, Walker Peters, I thought, had quietly had a very good game yesterday. 
that third goal, he was instrumental in. He got that ball to Ericsson to cross it in. If he hadn't made that, that wasn't a goal. He was superb. And Foyth, I think he just needs a bit more um, discipline dis- defensively, really. And he can get that from Jan and Toby and learn that. Um, I think they were both very good yesterday. I was quite happy with their performances. Yeah, spot on. And I think, I think the problem Foyth has, especially with the fans, is he's behind two absolute Rolls-Royce yeah. defenders. Yeah. Uh, so anybody coming in is always going to struggle to uh, shine and look very good when you're coming in sort of behind a Yan or, or a Toby. So there, there is that as well. We are we are spoiled with those two. So, yeah, so he, he's always up against it when he comes in to shine, to be honest. But I think he's done well yesterday. Done very well. Yeah. Oh, he likes to take the ball ball forward, doesn't he? He's he, you can tell he's from midfield. The like way he likes to move the ball and run forward with it. Yeah. yeah. The only thing with, with only with with Foyth is when he when he does that, I just wish that it's only it's going to come with it, with with it, with, it, with experience. Sometimes he 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 overcommits and 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 we lose the ball. Um, there was one occasion yesterday. Um, I know it's in the first yeah it was first half because we were attacking the, the, the north side um where he brought the ball forward he brought it forward and there were no options and then he wasn't really looking up and, and he lost the ball and he's he's got um as you said cracks two Royals Royals of um uh, defenders and toby and, and yan yan particularly lo- loves bringing the ball forward he's majestic in the way he does this but um you very seldom see them lose the ball um, for, for it no. does have a tendency to do that, but he's young. He's, he's going to learn. Exactly, exactly that. He, he he will pick up like knowing when to hold and when to fold and uh, when you know when, when to just sort of smash one into Rose head and when to try and and bring one out. But that's whilst, the Kenny Rogers song, isn't it? It is certainly is. Yeah, <laughs> knowing when to hold and when to fold them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's he, he will he will he will he will learn that, and that that comes with experience. And but you have to give players a chance to get that experience. And sometimes you do have to take a mistake on the chin, might lead to a goal, might lead to a couple of drop points. But if you can see the potential there for three or four years' time, then you have you just stick with it. It's uh, I'm afraid fans really are going to have to learn a little bit of patience. It's something that's really gone from the game the last few years. Is that just that bit of patience with younger players and um, give, give them a bit of time and allow them a couple of mistakes. Mm-hmm. They, they will they will learn. But you can see it there with him. You can see there's him and Sanchez. There's, there's a pair in now to come yeah. because Jan and Toby ain't going to be there forever, as simple as that. Yeah, I'd agree. Um there's a whole lot of questions later on in the running order about Sissoko, um, so, which, which, which we'll address later on. But um, in terms of yesterday, um, I thought it was superb again. I did, I'm running out of superlatives um, when it comes to Musa um, Sissoko. Um, the, the goal that Mora's first goal, um, that came about from the driving run forward from Sissoko. And then he laid it on to, um, to, to Mora to, to, to score. It... it Honestly, if that had been another player, a more skillful player, making that driving run forward that Sissoko did, and then um, threading it through to to Mura, we'd be talking about it 
all day. If it was, you know, if it was a Paul Gascoigne or a, or a Lionel Messi, I'm not saying for a minute that he's anywhere. Uh, that Moussa Sissoko should be named in the same breath, breath as, as those players, but it was <laughs> well, he's he's very hardworking and industrious, and uh, surely he's got to be player of the season. I think he'll be player of the season. I think he'll walk that. The thing is, he's got the heart of a lion. And he'll the, the he's we've talked about this. And I, I I write him off, and I joked about him. I called him Schmedrick, and I you know, but I he's got the heart of a lion, and to come back and to prove doubters wrong, and to you know have the whole crowd singing his name and and loving him. What what a, what a guy! What a player! What what a, what an attitude! A lot of other players would have just folded and and given up and and not bothered. But kudos to him. Love him. Absolutely love him. He um, he looks like the player that now played for France in the Euros, um, but we we paid thirty million pound for, and uh, he, he looks an absolute steal now. To be honest, he looks yeah. dirt cheap at thirty million quid. It's just it is it is an incredible incredible turnaround. I remember going to Newport away uh, in the cup a couple of seasons ago, and uh, in. Uh, starting the game and the amount of people that were oh no not not Sissoko no it's this he's that he's you know just anything but you know getting behind him as such and um, he came out, came out of the, uh, of the tunnel and he looked like a rabbit in the headlights he, he looked so so scared and then when you look the player we've got now it is just a complete and utter turnaround, completely. So, I think there's a few things that have helped there. One is he's playing re- regularly, so if he's playing football regularly, he's going to be he's going to be fresh. His, his touch is going to be improved, etc. He's it's obviously a confidence thing with him. Um, people are now behind him; they're they're very supportive. Um, I said it on a recent pod a few weeks ago. Um, after his miss at Anfield, and I was at that game in the, in the Anfield um, road end, when he hoofed it, and he sort of knew, you, you, deep down you knew, you knew when it fell to him, it probably that's probably where, where it would end up. He didn't get booed from, from the fans. They were just singing his name, which, 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 which was fantastic. So confidence-wise, it, that's helped. Um, the other thing, and we had Daniel um, Spurs commentator Daniel Wynn um, a couple of pods back, and he said that, he made the point that if it had been any other player that had got criticism, the abuse, um, or, or gone through a, a difficult first season or two with Spurs, they would have long since left by now. And it's just the fact that he's a strong character that's got him to where he is today. Um, and, and that's that's a testament to him, but also to Pochettino for persevering with him because he kept playing him through through the through the through the bad times, and and many of us were, were baffled by that. But it's it's really reaping um, rewards now. Um, David Fornell had a question on on Sissoko. He says the Maradona turn um, by Sissoko uh, yesterday a thing of beauty, or did he not realise he still had the ball? <laughs> hey, do you know what? He meant that, and that's, and I think that's probably somebody that may have been giving Sissoko pelters, and we all did it. Like we, we all went, oh, really? But uh, you know, he's he has got that confidence now. He meant that, and he's got it in his locker. He, he has got it, and 
just a touch again on Pochettino and, and sticking with him. He, he was asked about Sissoko uh, last season and Pochettino actually said in his press conference that he absolutely believes in him and, and, and sticks with him. And uh, it is, it's, it's a real credit to Pochettino. He was seeing something there that we wasn't. But when we're not privy to seeing training and we're not as knowledgeable uh, in football as, as Pochettino, we, you know, everyone's a manager in the stands, but he's the manager in the dugout. He gets paid the big bucks. He's seen it and he's turned his player around. And not only that, he's turned his player around more than any other manager could as well, because this is like this is the best I've seen Sissoko ever play. You know, he wasn't like this at Newcastle. When he came to us, Newcastle fans said, I can't believe you've actually bought him because he's like, basically he's saying he was toilet. And uh, and those, that first that first few months, seasons with him, we think so. oh my days, you know, they, they were right. But now, we went off on 78 minutes yesterday and there was a huge Sissoko shaped hole in the team after that. And it just shows you the work that he was doing and the way he was bossing that game. And, uh, yeah, incredible, a fantastic turnaround. There was a, there was a point in the game in the first half um, when Huddersfield were attacking um, the end. You're in uh, the, the, the Paxton, obviously Paxton Road, but it's, it doesn't exist. The Paxton end, if you like, the, the North Stand. And I can't remember which Huddersfield player it was. I think it was possibly on a counter attack, and Huddersfield attacking player was was on was through on goal and and. You have Sanchez and Sissoko chasing back, back, and Sissoko just covered a huge amount of ground and, and got in there with a, with a last minute challenge. I mean, it was just from where I could see it. I'm in the south, but I could, had a perfect view, tracking his run all the way through, and then just watching his long dangling legs just get there and and, and win the ball. Um, it's it, absolute finger, finger beauty. Yeah, that was an immense tackle. You can't fault his work rate. Your always attitude, always application. Um, he's he's superb. He really was good yesterday. Uh, but again, as we said at the top of the show, it was Huddersfield. Mm. It was Huddersfield. Um, we have uh, slightly more superior opponents, it's fair to say, um, <laughs> in the middle of the week and and next Saturday. Um, same opponent, uh, 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 same opponents. Man City. Uh, let's just briefly begin by talking about last went last was it last Wednesday or last Tuesday. Lost track. Last Tuesday. Tuesday. Last Tuesday's yeah. g- game um, at our gaff. Um, Richard, what a fantastic atmosphere that was. Oh, it was. It was just everything you dreamed of and more. The new stadium, Champions League football, um, the sign behind the goal, the whole stand... Um, the noise—it was just, just perfect. It's everything you, you'd ever, you, you've wanted. You know, you sort of look back to ten seasons ago, and even when like Sherwood was there, and you just, you, you look at that now, and it, it's just—it's off the scale. You can't quite believe. You, you're almost pinching yourself seeing it, to, to be honest. And uh, the, the game, the game itself. I thought we were we were fantastic. Our work rate and our commitment, and we chased everything down, and we just got our tactics spot on. Um, couldn't believe our luck when we see De Bruyne on the bench. Uh, strange decision, but that's that's their decision. 
But even even with him in the side, I I still I still think we we would have we'd have done very well. I'd have been happier with another goal, and I thought that we maybe deserved another goal as well. I don't think two 0 would have been too too terrible, like or too too bad a reflection of how the game was. So. Um, yeah, fan- fantastic! Everything up for grabs now, and if we if we grab an away goal as well, wow! It really is game on, I think. So, uh, so let's see. But the whole the whole evening, the, the, the crowd, the crowd got behind the players, and the players responded, and it was it was it was spawn. And this is the quarterfinals of of the Champions League, and 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 we and we one nil up at half time, basically, and. Playing a, a team that is an embarrassment of, of wealth, uh, and, and and then there's us. And to be to be honest, it's what the second game into this new stadium, which we're looking to to, to generate revenue. So at the moment, we really are little old us in the Champions League. To be honest, we got no uh, for the size of our club currently, we have no right in some respects to be there financially absolutely no right whatsoever west west ham should be a bigger club than us now on <laughs> oh, they, sorry they, i can't help you yeah, i'll just laugh at that <laughs> but, but they should be shouldn't they i mean here they are they're paying a nominal rent uh, on a huge stadium with 40 odd thousand 50 thousand whatever it is they get in in their, at, their, at their rented place they should be like beginning to go miles in front of us with the wages they could offer and everything we're we're really as a as a fine and financially and let's face it football is finance these days we're on a similar footing to an everton to a newcastle we're really nowhere near liverpool man u chelsea arsenal man city and there we are one nil up in the quarterfinals of the champions league how can you not be happy with that I just I can't understand anybody that's not to be honest is it too early to be smelling the Fiat factory or the um the Heineken <laughs> brewery or or, or or the canal in Amsterdam or, or the Fiat factory in, in, in Turin um, the, the, uh, Tuesday was bloody brilliant uh, the atmosphere, the way we played, the stadium looked magical under the light. Um, the message that was spelled out across that end. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it the cock end, because that's what it is. With the cockle on the top, it's the cock end. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was an utterly amazing game, absolutely brilliant. I thought we, regardless who, yes, it was only Huddersfield, yes, it was Man City, but you play who's on the pitch, and we played them, and we bossed that game. For them to score, I think, would have been a disservice to us. The, the penalty, VAR, I know you hate it, Jav, VAR, whatever, the the one in Liverpool should have been given as a penalty because he did exactly the same thing. Yeah. Larice that we slated a couple of weeks back now, that's three prem uh, pen saves in a row. Good on him. That, I mean, that set the crowd up. You could see the reaction and feel it through. The, I mean, I just sat and watched it on telly and I could feel it. The, the, the crowd reacting to that. They were bang up for it. Um, it, it, it was superb. It really was, um, you know, tempered by the loss of, of Delhi and Harry. But what a magnif- magnificent game. I know what a magnificent advert for our club and all it's achieved. Absolutely brilliant. I thought. Fernandinho, how many tackles does he? Bad tackles does he have to make to get a booking? 
I thought he was bloody atrocious all night. What a niggly, horrible bastard that player is. <laughs> you're, you're bang on there about him. Harry's never got a book in or come to the ref's attention. It was it, it was scandalous. And you know, like you're saying, this VAR is supposed to take out any of these mistakes. It's supposed to level the playing field. And yet we've still got the same inconsistencies just with another layer of officialdom looking at yeah. screens and one lot's giving things and another lot lot, lot isn't. And, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, no, nobody appealed for that penalty and he's gone away and he's at, he's had a look and, and because he's had a look, he feels like he's, he's had to, he's had to give it. And it's, you know, it's, it's not a deliberate and clear handball at all. Just not, no doubt a week is it. It's just, uh, but I have to say, but Hugo's save um, actually really spurred us on. So it kind of done us a favour, really, because we really kicked on from now. The crowd got behind them. The players responded. It was the kick up the arse, so to speak. And we just went from strength from strength to that. So it's quite odd that sometimes you'll get a bit of adversity and you'll actually feed from it and benefit from it. So, yeah. uh, no, it was it was brilliant. But I just want to caveat what I said about us financially um, as a club and not being able to compete. Away from that, we are Tottenham Hotspur and we are a team that's won three European Cups and we are a team and a club with a very, very fine pedigree. So we do have every right to be there. I just wanted to make that clear in case you start getting... Absolute health from social media calling us like the Everton of the South or something. So yes, we like you know we we are there and we are a, we are a big club. We are. There's no doubt in it. We've um, got a, we've so, got a fa- we've got a fantastic history and a fanta- fanta- yes. fantastic fantastic tradition, way of playing football. It's Correct. perhaps fair to say that our recent history we've been a little bit of a sleeping giant, but but I sort of feel now with what's happening. Not just with the new stadium, the training ground a few years ago. Um, Pochettino, the last five years in particular, um, we're just moving forward, and and you've only got to look. I know it's. I know people will say we haven't won any trophies, blah blah blah. You've only got to look at our league position, consistently finishing third, second, third, hopefully somewhere in the top third or fourth this season. That level of consistency, you've got to go all the way back to, to days of Bill Nick, um, when, when we were sort of that that um, yeah. consistent. And the parallels you, you drew with um, all the other clubs, Everton, um, I, I, you know, a few, a few years ago, I, I thought when we, when we had Martin Yole as, as a manager, and you, can, you could perhaps trace a lot of this back to the, the old days when, when, when we were sort of finishing fifth and just... Mi- Apparently missing out on, on, on Champions League football, but it, that in itself was also a step up to where we'd been prior to that. Um, at, at that point, and even afterwards, when Redknapp when Red came in and we did qualify the Champions League, I was always worried that we might go the way of um, Leeds United, Aston Villa, who at the time, okay, were, this was long before Villa got relegated, but they they had a period of time under Martin O'Neill where they kept finishing sixth. I think they they found themselves fourth at various points in the season, but kept kept ending up finishing sixth. Kept selling players, etc. And I thought that if we're not careful, we might either go the way of Villa um, or, or worse still Elites. Um, and we haven't. And we've we've spent, but we've spent it within our means. Um, we've got this fantastic new stadium that's going to bring in a lot of 
revenue, um, crazy amount of match day re- revenue, just just by people um, staying afterwards um, for a drink and and, and whatnot. Um, and I think that puts us on a good good footing going forward. Um, with regards, City on when we played them last Tuesday, um, as you said, crack is collectively up. I think we 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 got it right tactically. I think Pochettino got it right. Um, in terms of players, Sissoko again, I think he bossed it. Winks was superb in, in midfield. Yep. Um, but just wanted to just very briefly mention Ericsson, who I thought both on both on Wednesday and yesterday there were little signs of the old Christian Ericsson. Um, he's obviously his past yesterday to. Uh, putting Mura, Mura, Lucas Mura through for his second goal. I thought that was inch perfect. Um, there are other signs on Wednesday as well that he's starting to show some level of consistency or starts consistency or, or starting to see the old Ericsson. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is, um, I, and this is something that I'd have to double check afterwards, but I'm, I'm fairly certain in this. When we've played City in the Etihad in in the last few seasons under Pochettino, going back from uh, including and since that victory in 2016 when, when we won on Valentine's Day, the subsequent draw the following season, the two-all draw, and then the, I think it was a 4-1 defeat last season. For each of those games, we've never been able to field um, Jan and Toby together. So... Uh, 2016, when when we won there, um, Jan had picked up an injury. I think it was against Crystal Palace, and he was out for a f- few months. So that, that was a season we were chasing Leicester. The following season, I think Jan had an injury, and last season Jan played, but um, Toby was out injured. Hopefully, Touchwood, if nothing happens, come Wednesday and then next Saturday, those two will start, and I think that unit as good as Voigt and as good as Sanchez is with his pace. Those two playing together, they're just a solid... As well as being individually fantastic defenders, they're a, they're a solid unit. And I think that will stand us in good, good stead when we go to um, the Etihad. Yeah, very, yeah. very much so. Yeah, I, I, I think you're spying. I, I can't, as you say, I can't remember the pair of them both starting uh, at, at City. So, uh, yeah, if they, if they do and we can... You know, put put, put them out in defence, and uh, as you say, Sissoko through the middle, uh, Mora pulling pulling his strokes like he did yesterday again. Then, uh, listen, we've got every chance. We've got to go out with confidence. We've got to play with confidence. I think uh, we, we just have to play our game. Uh, you know, manage it. Be careful. It's going to be difficult, uh, but. I, I'm, I'm hoping we don't just try and sit back and and, and nurse a one 0 lead. I don't think we've got much chance at all if we yeah. do that. That's no. just not not our game. So let's let's go there. To dare is to do, as uh, somebody once said. Eh? I was going to say that big banner. You know, the, the, everybody holding up. To dare is to do. Remember that. Um, definitely. Can I go back to just to say something about Ericsson? Um, yeah. People who refer to him as a dead ball specialist. Um, need their head sorted. He's his dead ball stuff is criminal. He couldn't beat a one man wall on Tuesday. <laughs> he, uh, the amount of times that he takes corners or free kicks and it doesn't beat the first man or beat the the, the wall is is horrendous. And on on the notice yesterday that Lorente um, Ericsson was on a corner and Lorente came short and he became the first man and he got his head to it so even when it's our player you can't beat the first man he's, he's, <laughs> his dead balls are woeful they I would rather have Trippier taking them if he's on the pitch mm-hmm. but yeah it, his link-up play and his assists 
uh, uh, you know, off the chart. I think it's 12 for the season now. I think he's joint leader in assists with um, Hazard, but his dead ball play is, is awful. Yeah, it's, but it shouldn't be. It's strange because we've, we've seen him do it before for us. We've seen him do it for Denmark, but for whatever reason, um, yeah. we, we often see him too many times, particularly of late, um, not not get past the first man, but there you go. Um, if I had to draw both of you on a prediction for well for, for both games, the Champions League game and, and, and the league game, John, if I come to you first. Uh, I think we'll draw the Champions League game and I think we'll lose the league game. I've been thinking about our five games going for the, the, the league games going forward and I think we'll lose the league game, but I think we'll draw the Champions League. I think that's a score draw. Okay. Oh, blimey. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to go with win both. Wow. Good man. Well, I tell you what, we'll actually go. I think we'll go through on the Champions League. Um, I've, got, I've got a funny feeling they might go 2-0 up and we nick a late one and then we do it on away goals. So, oh, yeah, so I think it's... So I think we'll actually... We could lose the game but win the tie. Um and the league game, I, I, I think we'll win it. I think we'll go up there and we'll win it. There, I'll, I'll have that. I'll take that. <laughs> a, f- a few weeks ago, I, I sort of, looking at the fixtures ahead, and this was just before we play Liverpool, I always factored that we'd, that we'd lose at City in, in the league. I thought that was it. It was almost like, oh, we're going to win this one, we're going to win this one, or, or we should do. Um, but I always sort of factored a defeat in there. Now I'm a little bit more optimistic. I think we can get a draw. Um which I think is good for us. Um, I, I shouldn't be saying this, but I, I don't actually want us to beat them at the Etihad if it, if it if it means if it helps Liverpool win the league. I really can't stand Liverpool. I really don't want them to win the league. So um, I'd much rather we get a point up there in, in the league. So I, I'm going to go for a one all or a two all for that. Um, for the Champions League game, my head says that we'll probably get a goal there. I really do believe we can score at their place, which means they've got to come out and score three. The trouble is, they're more than capable of scoring three or four. Um, yeah, it depends how set, they go about it, really. My head, it says a, head says a 3-1 um, victory for them that will put them through. My heart is veering towards what Cracker said. I think a 2-1 defeat on the night, which should put us through on away goals. I'll take that. Um... Okay, let's finish off with, with a few questions. Um, Gilly, his Twitter handle is at I, own, at I know Alan Gilzine. Um, he says, is the pre-match culture changing going or going to change? For example, have you noticed if the pubs, eateries on the high road and roundabout are doing well or are most looking to drink in the stadium or is it too early to say? Yes, that's a tough one. I think it, I think it is too early to say, but then don't forget we have nearly doubled the attendance as well. So um, I think in the short term, it, it, it will, I think the pubs will be quiet. People want to go in there, want to spend time in there, getting used to the place. Over time, when, once people it becomes familiar, may, maybe not, maybe people want, will want to go back to the, to the pubs and that. But the trouble is, trouble that, that, that the pubs have sort of got is uh, it's a, it's a decent beer in there, decently <laughs> priced. Yeah. Uh, it's a decent amount of space, decent service. Yeah. So yeah, so I think I think they will they they will attract a regular ongoing 
amount of patrons to go in there and drink beforehand. Um, but then there is, there is double. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it really is too early to, to work out, to be honest. But if they keep doing what they're doing, then I think people will, will stay going in there before the game rather than the pubs. But walking down the high road yesterday, all the caps were banged out as normal. Couldn't get a seat any of the tables. So uh, they they look they look busy as you like. I think some of the shops are actually missing the workforce being now because they were getting <clears throat> three thousand people coming like working there every day. So uh, rather than every other Saturday, so I think some of the shops will be disappointed. It's actually open now and uh, missing missing their steady flow of customers. To be honest. Yeah, I, I, I think I echo your your sentiments. Last time I was in the bricklayers, I think I paid five for a can of can of Stella. If you're yeah. paying four quid for a pint of decent Beaver Town or something or Heineken or something decent that's served in a, in a you know decently in the in the club, why are people going to go anywhere else? Yeah, no. they'll be you know uh, people will be glad to get back to Chick King. That you know they'll want to go to the uh, the the Beehive or any you know there there will still be people who pick up their their regular haunts and meet people for a pint. And who knows, they might be quieter. Um, but people want well that place is a destination now it's a place that people want to go if you see the videos of people singing in that goal line bar afterwards and stuff the atmosphere is incredible mm. what will it be like after a loss don't know mm. i don't I, I hope I hope we never find out but at the moment reveling it just reveling that they might yeah. even elect, elect to do both i mean there there are there was there was always i always felt with with spurs um along the high road there was no short short shortage of pubs different types of pubs um and now you've got stadiums as well um you know it might be the case that uh, it's too busy inside of the concourse and, and and people are impatient and they might might decide to to, to go to one of one of the pubs or they might go go to the pubs before the ground through before the game and then and then drink in the concourse afterwards there's there's no shortage of choice but yeah it's probably too early to say um the novelty factor of the new stadium might wear off um I, that's what I thought. I can't see it at the moment. Everybody wants to be there. Everyone, everyone wants to be be in there early, just to experience the whole thing. You know, the shop, um, the, the every aspect of that stadium. Um, it's and as you said, at crackers, the volume of people in in in, in uh, has now gone up as well. So that's that's can only benefit. So even if some people decide not to go and drink um, in the stadium, I'm sure that they there will be still plenty of people who will frequent pubs near nearby and you know old habits um, die hard and all that. Um, David Fornell standing in the stadium? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Um, <laughs> I feel I'm going to have a bit of a rant about this. I feel very strongly about this. So, um, I'm in the south in the Park Lane, um, and uh, anybody who knows the uh, Park Lane ends um, back at back at the old stadium, but back at White Hart Lane, you have the lower tier, and you had um, the upper tier. Generally, the upper tier, you would a few times that I was in there, you tended to sit down, the stewards would make you sit down, um, pretty much the, the lower tier, which consisted, I think, of about 28 rows, um, we we stood, stewards didn't, didn't say anything, it was exactly like an um, uh, away game. Technically, illegal, um, there is no, people, people go on about safe standing, there is no, the safe standing that's been introduced in the new stadium, which I think is the first 30 rows, they've put 
bars, which is basically provision for safe standing. It's, it's future proofing in the in the event if at any point in time there's legislation passed which which uh, allows for it. Technically, it doesn't exist and it is illegal to to, to stand, but it happens. Um, it happens at away games. Generally, it's it's considered it's almost like an unwritten rule that away fans stand and in the park lane in the lower tier at the old stadium you would stand. Um, we've obviously got a single tier now stand in the south. Uh, my seat is fourth down from the very top of block three two four. Um, both for the Palace and for the Champions League game, I was standing, which was great, and that that's. I, I enjoy standing. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but I enjoy it. And most of the people around me are of the same mindset. And um, nobody told us to, to to sit down for the first game. And same with with with, with the city game. There was an email the club sent saying that um, it was illegal and um, we'd get in trouble with you with 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 UEFA for the Champions League game. And please, could you comply with all of that? And um, uh, nobody did. And, and I obviously had the excuse that the row in front of me was standing and the row in front of that was and so on and so forth. So I could always argue that I couldn't see. So that works out well from my perspective. Some of the, some people have obviously acquired seats in, in the south stand um, who were perhaps used to sitting um, in the old stadium. Maybe they have seats, for example, in the Paxton or, or, or the West Stand or whatever it was. Um, and it's not their cup of tea. Um, and that's unfortunately has caused a bit of conflict and, and tension between sort of some of our fans who have a preference for standing and, and those who are sitting. Yesterday, the stewards were out in force and they were telling us all to um, uh, sit down. And very early on, probably in about I don't know five or ten minutes, they were they were out in force. Lots of lots of stewards, different colours, um, vests as it were, probably denotes um, seniority, etc. And pretty much they made everybody in front of us. <laughs> Um, sit down and it did create a little bit of fun. I know it was Huddersfield maybe it wasn't it didn't well, it didn't have the intensity of a Champions League game against Man City or or, 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 or a London Derby Palace first game but so the atmosphere maybe was always not going to be as good as it should be but the fact they kept telling us to sit down it created almost an uneasy atmosphere in some ways if everybody was just sitting down to start off with and you knew that's it you had to sit down you'd you just get on with it but it, it was almost like people standing then worrying about having to sit down then sitting down and then trying to stand up it just created this sort of really uneasy atmosphere there was one guy a few rows behind me who's quite drunk um, and he was just shouting abuse at all the fans and saying that um, we shouldn't listen to the stewards and um and, and, and whatnot. Um, I, it didn't. I think it, it, certainly where I was, I, I don't know what it was like in the Paxton and 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 how overall the, the atmosphere sounded like, but it certainly certainly sucked a little bit of life out of us. My issue with it is twofold. Um, one, I accept that it's it is illegal to stand, but the Taylor report um, surely was built on a lie, given everything that we know now about Hillsborough and, and, and why it happened. The second thing is, away fans stand. Now, I don't want that to change, don't get me wrong, but you can't have one rule for, for one set of fans and one for another. The Huddersfield fans were, were, were standing all game. Nobody told them to sit down. Um, and it just seems to be a little bit of an in, inconsistency. You know what, you're, you're absolutely spot on, is the inconsistency... 
So as we're recording, um, say telly's on and Palace in their corner with their uh, ultras, as they like to refer to themselves, stood all game. No one's telling them to sit down. Uh, Man United, no one tells them to sit down. Away fans, no one's telling them to sit down. So you either enforce it totally everywhere, every stadium, or or you don't. It's as mm. simple as that. Absolutely as simple as that. And it's about time football grew up and treated its customers as grown-ups as well in this country because I'm fed up of going to places like Dortmund, where I've been out the last two seasons, and uh, being able to buy a beer, taking it to my seat. They don't care. You go out to the continent uh, and they, they don't care. It's just not, not enforced. Buy a beer, take it to your seat, have a drink, no problem whatsoever. Done Same it in with- Milan, done it in Barcelona, done it in Dortmund. As soon as you get to England, all of a sudden, you know, if you can see a blade of grass and you've got a pint, they're, they're wanting to cart you off in the back of a police van. It's just, it's nonsense. It's Football has completely changed. The dynamic of who goes has completely changed. Mm. Yes, of course, there is still some problems, but it's about time that football fans got treated like like grown-ups because I'm fed up of every weekend seeing idiots putting suits on, going to the races, smashing the life out of each other in fights. Nobody's talking about that. But as soon as it happens at football, we're the scum of the earth. It's this, you're that, you're this, you're that. And I'm fed up with it. I'm fed up with myself and fellow football fans being treated like, like, like animals, basically. Like, give us some leeway. Allow us to be a little bit adult. If I go cricket, if I go rugby, if I go a concert, I can watch what I've gone to see with a beer and able to stand with standing and everything like that. So I want it at football. I want to be treated like a grown-up. Of course, there's going to be a few idiots. Get in there and weed them out. Don't don't throw baby out with a bathwater and all of us have to be treated in the same way because the vast, vast majority, 95, 6, 7% can go to a game, can stand, be safe, have a drink, not be an idiot. And, you know, so please treat us like adults. It's about time it changed. I think the, 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 the laws after... Uh, you know Hillsborough and everything changed needs to be reviewed and looked at I know there was moves to do it but I think even the the the, the Liverpool Hillsborough action group or whatever they're called have actually come out in in favor of safe standing and it needs to be reviewed I don't think there's any need for it to continue in the way it does and certainly I think it would help improve atmospheres at other grounds not our own now but it is something that needs to be looked at it's a ridiculous outdated law it really is absolutely um, Can I just say that um, we have got European football next season guaranteed as it stands. We've got the points. We can't be overtaken. So whatever happens, we're playing in Europe next season. Tenth season in sixth session. Not bad. Not bad. Hopefully so, we the Champions League. Yeah. Can I? Um, so how many points do you think gets us top four guys out of the remaining games? I'll, I'll throw that one in there. wasn't prepared, but I'll throw it in. How many points? Yeah. I think if we win all our home games, I think we'll we'll we'll, we'll be in the top four. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think uh, you know, West Bam. It's going to be their cup final at the new stadium, and they're going to be up bang up for it as they always are. 
I think that might be a tricky game. And I think going to Bournemouth will be uh, a worry as well. But if we get 12 points out of the 15 that we've got, I think we get third. If we win our home games, we get fourth. We're at home to Everton, final game of the season. Everybody else is playing away that weekend. Lovely. And and we've got more home games anyway in the run-in. And Woolwich have got... I think four away games, and they've they've, they've been shipping goals left left right and centre um, away from home this season. So I, I'm fairly conf- quite quietly confident about that. Um, let's just move on really quickly. Karim Crontfley, how much of this season's extra challenge was down to Luke Amos blowing his ACL? Was he lined up to take some of the defensive central midfield weight? So we had to bring Oliver Skip up early. Well, I don't think we'll ever know. Um, it's a it's a if but when sort of question, isn't it? I think mm. Skip's ready. I think Skip's played amicably when he's been on, and I think he'll get more game time if we need him. He's, he's, it's nice to have uh, um, a plethora of players in that position. Um, I, I wouldn't want to take anything away from what Skip's done, to be honest with you. If you're ready, you're ready, and Potts has shown he'll give you a chance. Simple yeah, as that. Correct. And yesterday proved that every player knows how they're expected to play because that was that's a team yesterday that doesn't play week in, week out, that doesn't know each other in a match situation. But yesterday, they knocked the ball about like a team that play together quite often. And that's because they have a philosophy and an identity uh, that Pochettino's put into every first-team player on how he expects them to play. So as long as you're buying into his way of doing things, any yeah. one of our first team squad could play together. That that, that 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 was shown yesterday. There was very, very little misunderstanding between those where we ended up with, we had three substitutions, didn't we? So what's that, 14 yeah. players. So yeah. in, in that combination of 14 players, everybody came on done the job that they were supposed to do, knew where their man and their outlet ball was and they was there. So that's that's the important thing is getting that philosophy and that game plan right and then you can just slot in any individual. So he brings the kids up through into the first team, teaches them that and they just slot in like somebody else would. How good they are if they're as good as somebody else that they're replacing that's you know that that that's that, that's that's the question. X may not be as good as Y, and that's why he's not a first team choice. But you can see that they all play in in that in that way. Yeah. So if, if we have any problems, we could always bring on Mora's son. That was nice to see at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was that was that was lovely. But I have seen people saying, oh. Bringing your kids on at the end of the season, yes, of course, uh, cup final. But bringing your child on for a for for a hat trick, blower, oh, you must have the a heart the size of a waxy pea, not to not to have, not to have liked that. You know, it's just uh, honestly the sort of some people is just incredible. I thought it was a lovely thing to do. It was nice. Um, okay, let's just wrap it up. I'm just gonna quickly go through these uh, another one from David Fornell Pochettino has suggested that Harry Kane should try and avoid getting into needless tackles to avoid these injuries referencing the injury that picked up against City middle of the week um, will that improve or damage his game uh, for me damage uh, that's just Kane 
He plays every game at a thousand percent. He wants to play every game. He don't want to be rested. That just that just makes him. It's like asking Rooney not to play angry or Diego Costa not to play angry. You can't ask Kane not to play a hundred percent commitment. If we're five nil up, uh, well, Pochettino's normally taking him off by then. But if he's five nil up he'll still go and make that tackle. That is just the nature of Harry Kane. You try and take that away from him and you take the player away himself. So, you know, no, I wouldn't wouldn't expected anything different. Wholeheartedly agree with that. If he hadn't made that tackle, that could have been a goal. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. You, you don't want to, to, to back out of tackles. Yeah, it was a nasty one. And, you know, in hindsight, it's easy to say, yeah, he shouldn't have made that tackle. But you don't, you can't take any facet of a player's game away because it, it fundamentally changes how they play the game okay two questions on, on Sissoko one um, from Kent Goodrich his Twitter handle is at Kent Goodrich um, he asks Sissoko now has Sissoko now has more assists in the league um, in league play than Meza Ozil has there ever been a Spurs player that has improved so much over the course of a, se- of a season um, he cites Bell switching from left back to a, a, attacker is the only one I can or we can think of and then Sam Ricketts his Twitter handle is at Sam underscore Ricketts do we need to worry about the big about the big clubs coming in for Sissoko <laughs> he's late 20s he's not old but he's not a spring chicken either he's, he's probably at the peak of his career um, if you were going to be terribly cynical about these sort of things he, he's at that stage where he's got one big move left in him um, that could be a massive contract at Spurs. It could be a big move somewhere else. Um, a few years ago, you might have said, or even six or 12 months ago, you might have said that it would be a move to a lesser club and he would fade uh, fade away. But that's not the case now. Uh, how much... £30 million we paid for him. In today's market, if you were going to value Sissoko? 70 Easy. Six months ago, I'd have taken a loss on him, if I'm honest with you. Um, he's... Uh... Yeah, improved immeasurably and, and a fundamental part of our team. We we need to keep players like that. And, uh, you know, as bad as Ericsson might be with his dead balls and stuff, he's key to the way we play and we've got to keep players like that. I don't think we can afford to let anybody go. No, co- correct. It's, uh, I mean, the original question is, no, I can't think of anybody that's turned themselves around in the same way that that he, he has. Um I mean, Bell was a young player as well that that, that developed uh, rather than, than turned himself round. Um, so for a player of his age, no. And I, I don't I, I don't know even if he's even if he's turned itself round because he has he's shown that he, he was that he was that player have, for France. Yeah, I've had the potatoes out for a little bit. Is, Hello, sorry. It's all right. I think, um, He's, he's, yeah, he is that player that played for France in the Euros, and he's probably the player that we thought we were buying, or would have liked to have bought for that amount of money. Yeah. The, the, the only one I can think of, and maybe not within a season, maybe over a number of seasons, Danny Rose. Um, just before Pochettino came, if you recall, I think it was the AVB Sherwood season, that or that last season of AVB. That, 
where he got sacked halfway through and Shearer took t- um, t- charge. Rose started off that season, got an injury. He was out of the team for a while because he, he was injured, and we were crying out for a left back. We didn't have. We had Carl Norton playing as a left back or left wing back. I, feel, I don't know if um, uh, Asa Koto was still on the books, but we were, he was out injured, and we were just crying out for him to come back. And then he came back, and he wasn't playing well. Um, I seem to recall a cup tie against Arsenal um, that we lost at the Emirates didn't play well and fans were behind his back Pochettino came in one of the first things that happened under Pochettino was that um, Danny Rose got a five year contract and at the time I recall a lot of fans being very critical of that Um, and he improved Uh, I don't know if it's quite the same turnaround certainly wasn't within within one season but um, yeah um Going back to Sam's question, I mean, I'd probably say fifty to sixty million in today's market. Honestly, though, I I can't see any clubs coming in for him. I, I can see I can see Spurs rewarding him with a new contract in the summer. I, I really do. I think that would be cheered as well. I really yeah. do. Yeah, and and do you know what? He looks happy there now, doesn't he? I think he's absolutely loving his cult status and he's loving life at Spurs. And where 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 do you go? Where, where could you play a better, like, vast majority of a player's week is spent at a training ground. Well, there's no better training ground in Europe, probably in, in world football. I've been there. It's an incredible place. Stadium. Again, where, where do you go to, to, to better yourself? So, uh, I mean, it's, I just can't see where, where, he would, where he would go unless he got offered crazy money to go somewhere China or, or or something, then and then you have to say to yourself, well, really, you know, if you're earning 70, 80 grand a week and they come in and offer you 300 grand a week, psh, yeah, who, who wouldn't go, really? It's, it's all very well. People saying, oh, I wouldn't. But if you got offered that, you would. You would. If you was, if you was a £50,000 a year postman and, an, and DHL come in for you and offer you 150 grand a year to go and work for DHL... Every one of us would go. Simple as that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think he'd be quite happy to stay, to be honest. And I hope he does. Sorry. Right. Final question on the pod. Um, it's a reoccurring question um, that we ask um, everybody on the podcast um, over the course of this season. Um, and as it's your first time on the podcast this season, Crackers, um, question is for you. Um, and it is from Gilly, uh, Twitter handle. At I know Alan Gosine. The question is: Which Spurs player would you like to would you like to travel to and sit with at an away game? Is that current or any? Current. <clears throat> current. I think. You know, I think I'd have to go and, uh, back and say we just spoke about him, Danny Rose. I love. I love Danny Rose. Honesty. It's every every modern day player has been media trained to within an inch of their life to give the most bland, two dimensional answers ever. Honestly, some some players turn sideways and you couldn't see them. They're that flat when you when you speak to them. But Danny Rose will tell you exactly what he's thinking. Um, as a as a brilliant honesty, he's a real breath of fresh air for me as as a player. And I think he's a lad I'd like to sit and chat with because I think you just get good, honest views out of him. So for me, Danny Rose all day long. There you go. Yeah. I think I think you're the first 
first um, person that's answered, Rose. Um, interesting. Right. Um, we should be recording the next podcast a week today, the day after the Man City game. Um, until then, all that's left for me, left, ooh, 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 all that's left for me to say is Jeez, firstly, thank-, say. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Crackers. No, thank you. Thanks for enjoying that. Thanks for inviting me on. Come on, you Spurs and all that. Thank you, John. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Richard. Cheers, Jav. Like enjoyed that. And until next week, the future's bright. The future's lily white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the base are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen. Pull on that lily white and run on to that green. Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt. Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.